The Gospel of our Lord according to Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9 and 18 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. If you have ears, hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the cares of this age and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. It is so good to be here again. We are really so grateful for this amazing and developing partnership between St. John's and Christmas Lutheran Church. Today I come to you from Bethlehem with 12 young men, 12 disciples, Bethlehem, 12, I find this funny. And thank you for your amazing hospitality. Some years ago when Michael Connor and Pastor Rhodes and I were dreaming about this partnership, we wanted it to be people to people. And so to see this developing this week is really satisfying. So thank you all again, the families of St. Joan, uh, and in particular, Pastor James, uh, thank you for making this happen. And we have been truly overwhelmed by your hospitality and kindness.
Today we are going to look at the parable of the sower, a well-known parable that comes to us from the ruler environment of Palestine. I grew up actually watching my mother sow seeds in our land. Uh, after much preparation, first uh, it begins with cleaning the land of wild grass and plants. This was my least favorite part. Then uh, plowing the land uh, with the help of a donkey or horse pulling a very simple equipment. We actually used to enjoy watching this as kids. Then the sowing of seeds. Uh, and the long wait and observation. We used to monitor the growth day after day, the growth of our, we call it fakus, which is a type of cucumber, uh, the, uh, the growth of zucchinis. And of course, the best part, the most satisfying part, uh, is plucking it and eating it at the spot. We had a small piece of land, but this was definitely part of our upbringing. What strikes me in this parable is actually its simplicity. It's uh, vivid images and very clear and simple meaning. Actually, the brilliance of Jesus' teachings is in their simplicity. We look at this parable and it's clear. What we reap, we sow. How and where we reap impacts everything. It is so simple, it is so relevant, and it is so basic. And so today, this morning, I will highlight three basic teachings from the parable uh, that are relevant to our lives and to our churches today. First, this parable is about the kingdom of God. The, the parable is not just an analogy of four types of peoples and the conditions of their heart. It is, but it's more than that. Uh, when we read the same story in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus actually tells his disciples about this parable that to you I have given to know the secrets of the kingdom. So the parable is actually about the kingdom and specifically how the kingdom grows and spreads. The parable addresses the question, how does the kingdom of God grow? How is it embodied or manifested in our world today. The answer and the message of this parable is that the, the kingdom does not grow or spread by the logic of force or might. It does not spread by money or richness or by forceful influence, which was more common in Jesus' days. It spreads instead by the word of God. Through the power and effectiveness of the word working, working in and through us people. The kingdom spreads one seed at a time, one individual at a time, as the power of God affects individuals and changes hearts. This is actually very radical, back then and now. This is radical, especially in a world where the logic of force, might, and domination prevails. Even in the days of Jesus, the days of the Roman Empire, and the days of armed revolutions, Jesus' message was that his kingdom was radically different from the empires of the world. Jesus' kingdom relies on the power of its message, a message of grace, a message of forgiveness and mercy, a message of love, 
A message of God who loves people, redeems them, and gives them freedom. And so even today, the kingdom of God is, is, is manifested and becomes real when the liberating message of the gospel is actualized in people's lives. The kingdom of God is found in discipleship, in preaching, in teaching, in relationships, in small groups, in service, in giving ourselves, in sacrifice. And again, I say it is radically different from the logic of this world, from the logic of empires, from the logic of might and superiority. Second, this parable is about the word of God and its relevance to our lives today. This is particularly important for our youth, the word of God, but it's also important and true to all of us. And I am convinced today that we as Christians living in different contexts around the world, what we need the most is to go back to the word of God, to study, learn, and allow it to shape our lives our identities, our worldviews, and our mission. In today's times of what I call ultimate subjectivity, where truth is always relevant and subjective, the Word of God must define our identity. It must define our truth. The Word of God must shape our being and our personal and social ethics. And so whether in Palestine or the United States, we must struggle with the question, how does the word of God speak to our context and challenges today? How does the word of God address these challenges? I come from a place where we face very difficult challenges, and they are many. We have a military occupation. We have fear of the future, actually fear of the present. Even this morning, I was monitoring the news about um, an invasion of Bethlehem by Israeli soldiers. We have political turmoil and stallment. We have lack of opportunities, a lot of unemployment. And for us in particular as a Christian community, we have the threat of immigration as we see one young family after the other leave. And facing these challenges, I always challenge my congregants and young people, do we actually believe, whether as Palestinian Christians or as American Christians, do we believe with all of our heart what Jesus said, what the Bible said, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth? Do we believe this? And I ask this question in challenging days, where our world is full of materialism and wealth. Actually, one time Jesus was teaching, and many of his listeners, the Bible says, left him, including some of the disciples, not the twelve, but some of the disciples. They left him because they said, what you're teaching is difficult, namely that he was speaking about himself, Jesus, as the bread of life. They wanted physical bread. They wanted actual wealth. And the Bible says that Jesus then looked at the twelve and he asked them, do you also wish to go away? Do you also wish to go away? And it was Peter who answered, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. 
My prayer is that we embrace this today. I pray that we would all say from our hearts, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. My third point is that this parable, the parable of the sower, reminds us of an important principle in the Bible, but also in our lives. And it's a simple principle. What a person sows and how he or she sows, he or she reaps. What we sow, we reap. Plant apples and you reap apples. Sow effort and you reap success. Sow laziness and you reap failure. Sow values and you reap morality. Sow the love of money and you will reap division and conflicts. In our world today, unfortunately, what is being sown more than anything is the mentality of division, segregation, extremism, and tribalism. In Palestine today, we have an ugly occupation and a reality of segregation, cruelty, and hatred. We have racist laws that discriminate against us Palestinians and cause us to leave, force us to leave. In our land today, it seems that the only voice we hear around us is that of extremism, hatred, and evil. And sadly, oftentimes, it happens in the name of God, in the name of the Bible, or other sacred texts, and in the name of religion. There are preachers of hate, preachers who saw evil, hatred, and extremism. Yet I strongly believe that the best way to challenge this is not by escaping or pointing fingers, but actually by planting our own seeds, our own kingdom seeds. Extremists, whether in Palestine or here or elsewhere, want us to fear them. They sow fear and hatred. They want us to fear and even hate them. And my question today, how do we respond? What do we plant in return? If we plant fear, we will reap fear. If we plant isolation and intolerance, we will reap that. But do we dare in these difficult times? Do we dare to plant love? Do we dare to plant tolerance, equality and justice, nonviolence, acceptance of the other, embrace of those who are different? And so let us fight extremism with our words and actions of embrace. Let this be our mission. Let this be our radically different kingdom values as followers of Christ as we plant these different seeds. Let us start with our lives, with our families, with our churches, with our homes. We must fight back. We cannot stand as watchers. But we fight back, not by fear. We conquer evil with good, by planting these good seeds. And so finally, let me say something about what we are sowing this week as St. John's Lutheran Church and Christmas Lutheran Church. We are sowing so many good things. We're sowing good word, the good word about Palestine to begin with as we're challenging perspectives, stereotypes, and perceptions about Palestine 
Arabs and Palestinians. As people get to meet our kids, we're dismantling walls of prejudice. To me, this is monumental. And at the same time, we're planting a good word about America. You know, what's funny is that one of our kids, upon arriving at the airport and being picked up by a car in the church here, driving to our host family, he asked the, the host family, is America dangerous? You see, for many of us, what we know about America is what we get from Hollywood, action and violence and so on. And so today, we're also changing this perception about America. And most importantly for us Palestinians, this week, we remember that Americans are not against us. Your government is, but not necessarily the people. We must do something about the policies of the government, but we should not forget that as we meet people, we get to know one another, yes, they are not against us. To me, again, this is an important change of perception to our kids about this country. In this trip, we're sowing friendships that will last. It was amazing to see how kids can get along so quickly. To me personally, this partnership means a lot on a personal level. Through it, I gained so many long-lasting friendships. The parable is actually a reminder that the kingdom of God crosses boundaries as it changes hearts. It truly makes peace. And the word of God is still changing lives and making true peace. I come to you from Palestine, a wounded and troubled land. But when you think of Palestine, I urge you and I want you to remember first and think first that God is still at work in Palestine and that Jesus' followers are still planting seeds there. I see these seeds bringing life all the time. I see them in our kids. I see them in our schools, in our churches, in our youth groups, in our scouts groups. I see them in many, many ways. And so whether in Palestine or in America, let us strive to continue to plant the seeds of the kingdom of God wherever we go and with whomever we meet. Amen.